You are Locked On Cougars. This is your daily podcast. Focus on the BYU Cougars. Proud to be part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thanks for joining us on a Monday edition of the show. A lot to get to like normal. A full weekend of BYU sports to recap for you. A lot of news when it comes to former Cougars and the pros. A big announcement from Matt Bushman. He is returning for his senior season as well as BYU wrapping up non-conference play against Oral Roberts in basketball. We'll have it all covered for you on today's edition of the podcast. It is all brought to you today also by our title sponsor, Deseret First Credit Union. Can't thank them enough for their continued support of the podcast. With that rundown out of the way, let's get it started. This is Locked On Cougars for December 30th, 2019. What's up, guys? I'm Jay Catch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. Thanks again for joining us on your daily podcast focused on BYU sports, the Locked On Cougars podcast. This podcast is available everywhere podcasts are to be found. Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, the Himalaya Podcast app. There are way too many podcast providers out there to name in this short time frame, but suffice it to say that anywhere a podcast can be downloaded and or listened to, you can find this podcast. And please subscribe, rate, and review. That way you never miss an episode, and it also does help us get the word out about the podcast with the algorithms that those podcast providers use to kind of highlight popular podcasts. Let's start off today talking some BYU football. Big news this past weekend, BYU tight end Matt Bushman has announced that he will officially return for his senior season in 2020. I'm a little bit surprised by this because I felt like Matt Bushman was poised to make a move up NFL draft boards with a darth of, I felt like, top-level tight end talent in this year's NFL draft. But alas, he apparently got the feedback that he did not... want or he got the feedback back that said hey another year in school refining your skills could could serve you better I don't know ultimately what swayed Bushman to remain with BYU for the 2020 season but I can tell you this BYU is lucky to still have him in a BYU uniform for one more season he bolsters what should be a pretty talented BYU offense on paper going into the 2020 season Uh, for the third straight year he led BYU in receiving he had had 47 receptions this past season for 600 and 688 yards on the year. Three straight years leading a team as a tight end in receiving is nothing to overlook. And that's that's kind of the big thing about Matt Bushman is I felt like he would ultimately maybe decide to make the move now to go to the NFL is because of his having led BYU in receiving so many years in a row. But he has plenty he can still work on. I feel like Matt Bushman against zone coverage is just an absolute beast. He can find the soft spots in the zone and can get himself open. Where he struggles still and where I'm expecting he's going to spend a lot of time working on this offseason is his ability in one-on-one coverage when he's got man coverage on him and his ability to separate from opponents and make big catches. I'm not saying that he's not good at that. I'm saying he can be a lot better at it, if that makes sense. He's a talented receiver. There's no doubt about it. You don't lead an FBS program in receiving for three straight years without being a talented player. But Bushman will lead what appears to be a pretty stocked tight end group going into 2020. He will be the senior player.
player on that in that group and will be kind of the leader, but he'll be flanked by guys like Isaac Rex, who came on very strong down the stretch of the season. Kyle Griffiths will still be on the roster next year. He's more of an H-back type of a player along with Mason Wake in that position, but they're still listed as tight ends on the group. Alema Pilimai will join the group and expected to take up on a bigger role after returning from a mission for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, as well as Carter Wheat, a guy that I know coaches were very, very high on, very happy with what his development was like during the 2019 season. The only issue for him is he battled two major ankle injuries this season that prevented him from seeing extended time on the field, or you might have seen more of Carter Wheat, so keep an eye on him. He'll have a red shirt that he'll probably utilize for this year and then be a red shirt freshman next year. And then one other guy to keep an eye on going into next year, coming off two knee injuries two years in a row, is Hank Tui Pelotu, a tight end out of South Carolina, Fort Mill, South Carolina. The son of former BYU great Peter Tui Tui Pelotu. You hope he has some health go his way in the coming years, but we'll see what happens with that. So it's going to be a very talented tight end core for BYU in 2020. I think it's going to be incumbent upon guys like Aaron Roderick as well as Jeff Grimes, kind of the brain trust of BYU's offense, Fessy Satake to another degree as well as Steve Clark, the tight ends coach for BYU. All four of those guys are going to have to sit down and really look at and say, okay, how can we make sure that these tight ends particularly a guy like Matt Bushman, how can he be featured and utilized even more to highlight his strengths as he tries to pursue an NFL career after the 2020 season? Bushman's going to be an older prospect come next year, and for him to really rise in the NFL's eyes, in my mind, this is just me speaking, I'm going to hopefully catch up with some people here in the days and weeks ahead to talk about guys with NFL prospects from BYU, and I'm sure I'll be asking about Matt Bushman, what he needs to do do, he's going to be able to show that he can be that every down tight end who can get open against whatever coverage is, bracket coverage, one-on-one, guys over the top on him, zone coverage. He needs to be the weapon that BYU fans, coaches, and just NFL talent evaluators think he can be. He has all of the physical tools to be an NFL tight end. Can he ultimately achieve that? He's got a great sounding board in his father-in-law and Chad Lewis, a guy who was an NFL All-Pro, made a Super Bowl with the Philadelphia Eagles. And Chad Lewis, he didn't play in the NFL that long ago, can really lend a lot of insight on what Matt Bushman needs to work on. I'm sure he's already doing that, but this coming offseason is going to be critical for Matt Bushman because he's betting on himself coming back in 2020. He's betting on the fact that if he comes back and shows more of what he can do and more well-rounded skill set in terms of pass catching, etc., that he can rise up NFL draft boards that he wasn't as high on that he felt like going into this NFL draft cycle. I think it's a major, major win for BYU to get him back for his senior year. I can tell you guys this much in talking with people around him, family members and such, that it was back and forth seemingly every day until he ultimately made the decision to come back for his senior year. And BYU is the beneficiary of all this. So we'll see how it shakes out for Matt Bushman in 2020. But the good news is he comes back with what should be a pretty talented offense by and large for BYU. Most of their contributors outside of the wide 
receiving core are back. And guess what? That means a guy like Matt Bushman should have plenty of opportunities to make big plays. The only thing you hope for next year is that quarterback and running back positions, those two position groups for BYU, enjoy a strong run of health after two seasons seemingly of just nothing but season-ending injuries up and down the roster. You want to see some extended health for guys like Zach Wilson and the like. And we'll, of course, cover more of that as the coming days and weeks pass on as we get ready for spring ball, National Signing Day, and then ultimately the 2020 season. we got months ahead, and we're going to be covering it all for you right here on Locked on Cougars. Coming up here in just a moment, we'll catch up with BYU basketball, talk about their non-conference finale, the win over Oral Roberts, and a little bit about Yoli Child and how special of a player he is that BYU fans need to make sure that they are paying attention to as he plays out his senior campaign in a BYU uniform. We'll get to that here in just a minute. Before we do that, though, a reminder for you guys that Deseret First Credit Union is the title sponsor of Locked On Cougars. They share a faith-based bond with all of its members, but they also celebrate the unique goals and passions of the members of the Deseret First Credit Union family. They're asking everybody right now, what is your focus? What is your why? Whatever it might be, have you thought about refinancing your home loan to save some money and help fund your passion project? Refinancing doesn't have to be hard or even cost you anything, and with rates still low, currently sitting in the threes is what the lows are sitting at, just absolutely phenomenal rates. Now is a great time to refinance your mortgage and keep more money in your pocket. With a no-cost refinance from Deseret First, you can get locked into that low rate for absolutely nothing, and potentially, guys, listen to this, save yourself up to hundreds of dollars a month. Think of what you could do with potentially hundreds of dollars a month back in your pocket. The DFCU mortgage team will work with you to find the right loan for your financial situation. Whether you're just getting into the market, trying to find your first home, you're trying to find a dream home, you've got investment properties, they're ready to help you guys out. Give them a call, 801-456-7070. That's 801-456-7070. Or visit dfcu.com to apply in five minutes or less. Deseret First Credit Union, you know why, we show how. Membership and eligibility required, OAC. Terms and conditions apply, equal housing lender. All right, guys, BYU wrapped up non-conference play in hoops over the weekend with a 79-73 win over Oral Roberts on Saturday. And I have to say, ORU was actually a better team than I anticipated going into this game. You couldn't discount the fact that they had won four straight games. They're expected to be a power player in the Summit League this season. But they came in and absolutely pounded the boards. And I was very impressed with what Oral Roberts did against the Cougars. But alas, BYU led by 23 points from Yoli Childs as well as 22 points and 8 assists from Jake Toulson. Take the win 79-73. The Cougars are now 11-4 on the season as they get ready for West Coast conference play to start this coming weekend when they host Loyola Marymount at the Marriott Center. I wanted to talk to you guys for a minute about Yoli Childs and he's a generational player. I think we've talked about this in the past on this podcast but if not I want you guys to appreciate what Yoli Childs is doing for BYU. I know he had to sit out the nine games due to a paperwork snafu with the NCAA and they hammered him for it. It's dumb. I'm over it at this point. Maybe I'm not but 
He sits out those nine games. He comes back, and he's been absolutely on a tear. And this past weekend, with his 23 points, he passed Mark Bigelow, one of the greats in BYU history, uh, after shooting 10 of 14 from the field to increase his career point total to 1,736 points. That's good enough for 10th all-time on the BYU basketball scoring list. And he's now only four points away from passing McKelly Wesley on number nine on that list. He's going to be a top 10 player in most major statistical categories for BYU and all is said and done on his career. And I want you guys to enjoy Yoli Childs while you have him. He's done nothing but uh, be a standout performer on the court for BYU. And even more so, just an absolutely incredible figure off the court with the media, with fans, regardless of whoever it is, Yoli Childs is a stand-up man and I really enjoy talking with him. He has created a culture where when he comes to do post-game interviews, he gets up, and his teammates have kind of followed his lead on this, but he's the first player I've ever seen do this. He walks out as he's getting done with his press conferences, regardless if it's a post-game press conference, just meeting with the media before practice or after practice, regardless of whenever he meets with the media, he shakes every media member's hand. And I, I, honestly, it's the first time I've ever seen it from a player at the pro or collegiate level, or heck, even the high school level, and it impresses me to no end. He is polished as a young man can be, and he's just an incredible player all the way around. So it's cool to see a guy like Yoli Childs really making his imprint for BYU, and he is going to be a top 10 player in BYU history when all is said and done. He's already top 10 in scoring, and I think that's what most people care about in terms of where you end up on the scoring list in BYU history. And He's led BYU since coming back from that nine-game suspension to a very impressive run here. They're 11-4 entering conference play. They're very much in the mix for an NCAA tournament bid. Greg Rebell tweeting out last night that BYU is one of, I believe, nine teams, maybe eight teams. They're both top 40 in the Ken Palm ratings, as well as Ken Palm, KenPomeroy.com, KenPalm.com. They're also top 40 in strength of schedule. That shows you how impressive a BYU record of 11-4 and right now going into conference play is. Are there losses on that record you'd like to have back and get the, turn them into wins absolutely the win over the loss to Utah also lost to Boise State those are two you'd like to have back I'm sure BYU would like to have another crack at San Diego State in the Marriott Center with Yoli Childs on the floor I'm sure they would feel like that game's a little bit different BYU could have a more gaudy record in non-conference play but all the same They've got a very good record, a lot of talented players on the court, and a lot of good wins already on their resume as they go into conference play. What I'm hoping for is BYU now turns their attention to West Coast Conference play is BYU stays poised throughout this run. It can be easy to let up on a night when you go up against a team, let's say like a Portland, who's picked to finish at the bottom of the conference. It's easy to think, you know what, we can go in there and give it a 75% effort and win this game, whereas the Portland Pilots or another team of their caliber are thinking, you know what, this is our chance to really strike fear in the big dogs in the conference, and they're coming out guns a blazing. BYU has to stay on point throughout this West Coast Conference run coming up. Obviously, there are the big games against St. Mary's and Gonzaga. You'll have also some talented teams in San Francisco, etc. that you have to face off against. But BYU needs to be on point game in and game out as they turn their attention now to West Coast Conference play because they can't afford to have a slip up. Plain and simple. You cannot have those 
hot shooting nights from a Portland, uh, uh, I don't know, a San Diego, etc., where you go into their gym, they shoot lights out from three, and you get blown away on their on their court. You can't have those this year. The nice part is I've seen nothing from BYU so far this season that makes me think that that's even a concern. I know I'm sure you guys are thinking, well, why are you even talking about it? I just wanted to get that out there that BYU, their players. This is a senior-laden squad. They understand what's at stake for them as they try to chase a NCAA tournament bid. They cannot have bad losses on the record. They already have one of them in a Boise State loss. That I, Boise State's a decent team, but they're not going to be a loss that's going to help BYU when it comes to NCAA tournament seeding. They cannot have sub-150, sub-200 uh, WCC losses coming up here over the next few months. And I would expect that this senior-laden squad, the team that led by Jake Toulson, Yoli Childs, and TJ Hawes, as well as their fellow seniors, they understand that, hey, we've got to take care of business here. The nice part is you have guys like Dalton Nixon who have come on and been very, very good so far this season. And I think that BYU, the biggest thing that they have going for them is they're able to defend. The rebounding, still an issue. It's going to be a season-long issue. They're going to struggle against that. Oral Roberts just absolutely pounded the glass against the Cougars. But the hope is that BYU, you take care of business against the teams not named St. Mary's and Gonzaga, and you pick off one, two, maybe three wins against those two opponents and you're sitting real pretty come March in NCAA tournament selection time with a chance to make it back to the NCAA tournament in just over five years. BYU gets it back. They're back in action this coming Saturday. They host Loyola Marymount. That'll be Saturday, January 4th, 7 o'clock Mountain Time. Tip-off will be televised live on BYU TV and radio broadcast will also be available on the BYU radio network up and down your dial. So check that out. So there you go. Some thoughts on BYU football as well as BYU basketball. Coming up here in just a moment, we'll catch up with former Cougars and the pros. The NFL playoffs are set. Multiple Cougar players will be playing in the NFL playoffs. We'll talk about them next as well as catching up on everything else going on in BYU sports news. And just a reminder for you guys, if you don't mind taking the time, I'd really appreciate you guys going into the new year. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast, but more importantly, if you have already subscribed on whichever podcatcher you you prefer, please give us a favorable star rating and a review if you don't mind taking a minute to do that. It really does help get the word out about the podcast. We've seen these ratings and reviews kind of stagnate over the past month or so, and I want to get that back going again. So I would encourage you guys, if you don't mind taking the time, give us a star rating, particularly if you're listening on Apple Podcasts. It really does help get the word out about what we're doing here with this daily podcast covering the BYU Cougars. So thanks in advance for doing that. Looking towards a new year, 2020, a brand new decade. Excited to see where Locked On Cougars is going to go next. And hopefully you guys are along for the ride each and every day. All right, guys, catching up on everything else going on in BYU sports news. Let's start off with women's basketball. They opened up West Coast Conference play with a 59-44 win over Loyola Marymount in Los Angeles. Sarah Hampson had 12 points and 12 rebounds with that double-double to lead the Cougars to that win. They have a quick turnaround as they are going to be back in action today, staying in Southern California as they take on Pepperdine in Malibu at Firestone Fieldhouse. That game scheduled for 3 o'clock Mountain Time with a live stream on the WCC Network 
Network. If you want to watch that, there's a link on the BYUCougars.com website. You can go watch that. Best of luck to Jeff Judkins and his team as they face off against the Waves there in Malibu this afternoon. And they'll be back in action on Thursday. So a really fast start for West Coast Conference play for women's basketball. Three games in under a week, but hopefully they can sweep them all. Gonzaga will be the toughest of the three for sure. But they got to take care of business against Pepperdine today there in Malibu. All right, catching up with former Cougars in the pros. Week 17 in the NFL has come and went, and there are going to be a number of BYU Cougars, former BYU players, in the NFL playoffs coming up. Let's run down everybody who played this past weekend. Sione Takitaki wrapped up his first NFL season with one tackle in the Browns' 33-23 loss to the Cincinnati Bengals. Takitaki will have a new head coach coming up. Freddie Kitchens was fired after just one season on the job there in Cleveland. Maybe the Browns will get things figured out. I'm not betting on it, but Sione Takitaki finishes up his rookie season as a starter with the Cleveland Browns. Jamal Williams was inactive due to a shoulder injury in the Green Bay Packers season finale. They beat the Detroit Lions 23-20. He'll get a week off, hopefully to recover from that shoulder injury. They have a first round bye after securing the top, the number two seed in the NFC playoffs. Speaking of the Green Bay Packers, uh, they'll be waiting to find out who they play after this coming weekend. Daniel Sorensen and the Kansas City Chiefs finished 12-4 on the season. He had five tackles, one pass deflection, and an interception to seal up a 31-21 win over the Los Angeles Chargers. The Chiefs also are in the top two in the AFC and will be off for a week before they get ready. Uh, to take on one of the lower seeds as the number two seed in the AFC playoffs, thanks to the New England Patriots' loss. Uh, Michael Davis was on the other side of that loss in Kansas City. He had two tackles, two pass deflections, and an interception, his second career interception in that loss to Kansas City. It's cool to see both Michael Davis as well as Daniel Sorensen, both former Cougar stars uh, with interceptions in the NFL in the same game. I mentioned the New England Patriots losing and falling out of the top two seeds in the AFC uh, playoffs. Well, Kyle Van Noy had six tackles for the Patriots in their 27-24 loss to the Miami Dolphins. They will take on the Tennessee Titans this Saturday at 2.35 p.m. Mountain Time on ESPN and ABC in the wild card round. New England struggling down the stretch here. We'll see if they can pull it together in time to make a run at the Super Bowl once again. All right, other guys to note real quick. Taysom Hill always seems to get the interwebs, the Twitter sphere always ablaze when he gets going. He had two carries for four yards on the ground along with one catch for 45 yards and a touchdown in the New Orleans Saints 42-10 win over the Carolina Panthers. The New Orleans Saints will be playing on wildcard weekend this coming weekend. And then Harvey Long in the New York Jets, they finished up their season with a 13-6 win over the Buffalo Bills. He played but not have any stats in that win. His season is over. He'll be done for the season. And Longy has, I believe, one more year on his contract with the Jets. Hopefully he can go into that season and make himself some money and hopefully get another contract to carry him on into uh, further on in his NFL career. One final note for you, and it's the biggest game of the night. It's on Sunday Night Football. Was Fred Warner and the San Francisco 49ers. Man, what a game it was. Warner had the game-sealing stop on the goal line or helped seal the win for San Francisco in their 26-21 win over the Seattle Seahawks. He had three total tackles and a quarterback hit in that victory. They now await to find out who they'll play in the divisional round as the top overall seed in the NFC playoffs. It's been 22 years, y'all, since the San Francisco 49ers were atop the NFC entering the playoffs. The last time they did this, guess who the quarterback was? Yeah, former BYU great Steve Young. It's been that 
that long since San Francisco was atop the NFC playoffs. We'll see how they do as the number one seed. They'll have a week off this week as they get ready for the divisional round the following week. Zigansa also did play in that loss for Seattle with two total tackles, one of them solo in that loss to the San Francisco 49ers. The Seahawks will now face off against the Philadelphia Eagles in the wild card round this coming weekend. So best of luck to all the former Cougars and the pros as they get ready for the upcoming NFL playoffs. Cool to see a number of them make the playoffs and hopefully we'll see at least one or two of them in the Super come uh, late January once the playoffs play out but we'll of course track that for you each and every week as we get you ready for NFL action each and every week week recapping how former Cougars and the pros do one other note for you on the basketball side of things it was good to see Jimmer Fredette back on the court for Panathinaikos in the Greek League in EuroLeague action after suffering that shoulder injury you wondered how long he would be out didn't keep him out very long and he's back on the court and contributing at a high level once again so best of luck to him as he moves forward in EuroLeague action. All right, that'll do it for today's edition of the podcast. This has all been brought to you today by our title sponsor, Deseret First Credit Union. Love having them on board as our podcast sponsor and would love to have you guys on board going into the new year if you are interested in sponsoring this podcast. Our download numbers have never been stronger. We're creeping up once again on another record-breaking month. We'll see if we get to it before the month finishes out, but November was our strongest month to date. Obviously, December a little bit different with all the holidays, but we are creeping up. We might have an outside chance of passing November for our strongest month to date, and that's awesome. And it's all credit to you guys who download this podcast each and every day, and thank you for for your continued support of this show. All right, we will talk to you guys tomorrow, getting you ready for the new year, looking ahead to 2020, some New Year's resolutions. That's what we're going to do on tomorrow's podcast. It should be a lot of fun, so stay with us each and every day here on Locked on Cougars. And we will talk to you then. This has been the Locked On Cougars podcast for December 30th, 2019.